You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Hello, good morning. You know, if you missed it last week, I mentioned that we're passing on, we're handing on the Love Manchester van. After four years of faithfully serving our compassion projects, it feels a great time to reinvest what we could make from selling it into 422. And uh, we've got 26 days, I think it is now, to reach the target of £22,000. Else Crowdfunder will uh, hand everybody their money back. So we'd love it if you're able to share it with people, to invite them to be part of our story. Yes, of course, we would love to raise the money to help the project, particularly in this time, and also to sell the van at a very opportune time. Um, I'm delighted to say we're about to open the cafe at any point uh, soon as the first stage of opening that building. Other parts of the building will then be regular in stages, but this one is pretty much live and ready to go. And you'll be able to go in there and use it and also invite other people in and we'll hopefully see it become a real hub in that community. But um, it's not just about the money with this van. It's as much about the ability to share the story of who we are and what we're about. Can I just share a few stories with you that have happened over the last week of us doing that? We're about to hit the 15% mark in terms of the target. I've contacted so many people all over the place, some that I know, some that I don't know, because it's an amazing opportunity to tell the story. You know, so many people know what the church is against we want to have the opportunity to tell people what the church is for um, and how we want to love and serve our communities so the the 422 story is a great way to share that so among many other things I sent about a whatsapp message to over a hundred people and shared the video and just a short message of how they might play a part and be involved I also contacted loads of people that I could think of who might have some kind of link with a camper van or whatever it might be, or might want a holiday in the UK and an opportunity to win something like this. Honestly, it's so easy. Can I encourage you to share the story, invite people to understand a bit of our heart and allow that to lead to a um, to a conversation? So I shared with this person, random person, no, didn't know before, didn't know. Turns out they live in Manchester and he ended up sharing some of his heart and his life story with me. I was able to obviously do the same as I share our story. I'm able to share his story. I'm able to share the story of Jesus. And they're keen to come along to 422. They had some ideas of how they might be able to help and be involved in it. Um, but also we were able just to spend some time talking about Jesus. I just find it amazing how easy this is as a vehicle, excuse the pun, to allow us to, to share um, something of the story. I heard another story this week just from one of you where you said this, I wanted to support raising money for 422, but I wasn't sure how. I'm having my garden cleared and I'd put a roof box for my car at the end of our drive to dispose of it as I couldn't find a buyer. Within seconds, my neighbour across the road spotted it and wanted to buy it. The one he previously owned he discovered had a broken hinge after clothes and other items were strewn across the carriageway as they drove back from holiday. So the money he gave me has gone to the cause. I also told my daughter Jen and her boyfriend about the fundraiser and they have chipped in too. Honestly, I know I've just said it, but there were so many opportunities to tell and to share our story, but ultimately to share his story. And um, 
And what a time to do it as we prepare to gather and regather, as hearts and minds are open, as uh, hearts and minds are uh, looking for outlets to do good, to be good and to have good news. And Jesus is that good news. And we want to be people that are ready to advance and to seize those moments. That's the series we're currently doing, that we want to be people that are led to the lost. And this is an amazing opportunity to do that. So if you missed us talking about it last week, you can find out more and how to share that at um, mvuk.org forward slash win. Let me just move on slightly, though. You know, when I share with you like this, I, I hope that I try to always be as measured as I can. You know, I don't want to be reactionary or to, to share in the heat of the moment. That said, right now I do have a fire in my belly for what is happening and what I'm seeing happening. For what I am seeing as quite a pivotal moment that we are walking through. And I don't just mean us as a church. I see it both nationally and internationally. We're in such a moment of tension um, in all over the place but also at a local level and I want to fight for us and I want to encourage you to fight for us I, um, I, I, I want to fight for you to be in the best place that you could be in your relationship with Jesus in your love of the church and your desire to share that and to let that leak out to those around you you know today I would say um, this kind of talk feels a bit dangerous if, if I'm honest I hope you don't misunderstand me I hope um, you hear my heart and my love for you. If you're joining us for the for the first time, you may find this a bit out of context. And I just want to almost give you that warning because uh, sometimes it's potentially good and quite healthy that I offend your mind to reveal your heart. You know, 2 Timothy um, 3.16 says this, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong with our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You see, scripture is meant to rebuke us and correct us. We need to be challenged by it and we need to know that we can't stay as we are. The Lord is trying to shape and um, change and transform our lives as we are on a process of becoming disciples and more Christ-like. And, uh, you know, um, at the start of the pandemic, before the first lockdown, I, I was really ill. Many of you will know that. Some of you have joined us recently wouldn't. But uh, it turns out with hindsight, they, they tell me that I had COVID and it affected me pretty badly. And I praise God for the fact that through his goodness we were able to ride that experience out fairly healthily, emotionally and spiritually and even physically and to do that in, in quite a steady and measured way, I hope. Um, now, what was really interesting though is when I had my jabs, both of the jabs, they affected me really badly and although they were obviously in a controlled and safe way, they did give me side effects that were very similar to what I first experienced when I was really ill. I haven't really talked about that much because I don't want to in any way put any of you off having that jab. Have the jab. Um, but I, I really in those moments had to take a grip of my mind. I had to choose not to flip into an anxious place with it. I'm grateful to God for Steph and I'm grateful to God for a, 
a few close friends around us speaking into those moments and those times because we need people who shape us and challenge us. We have to have a guard over our hearts and minds because traumatic experiences can lead to vulnerabilities and we can allow circumstances and or the enemy to take ground that can have a negative result in and on our lives unless we healthfully bring them before Jesus. That can happen in loads of ways. It could be a present traumatic experience or circumstance or it could be something more historical. And whilst I don't dig unnecessarily for things and try and create problems for myself, I do constantly and consistently try and hold a mirror up before Jesus and say, I am supposed to be someone who was the passage that I just read uh, from 2 Timothy says, is realising what is wrong in our lives. And that I've been taught, as the passage says, to do what is right. And again, as the passage says, to allow God to prepare and equip me or his people, as it says, to do every good work. That's the people we want to be. So it's time, honestly, to hold a mirror up. And I'd suggest that some of us need to do this quite quickly and quite intentionally, or at least with greater intentionality. I don't want to harp on about the pandemic or the negatives, but there is an element where the last 18 months has taken its toll on us and it places us in, in decision moments that actually feel quite critical now and potentially quite dangerous. They're on a bit of a knife edge. There is such a swathe of separation and many of us actually will have been comfortable or become comfortable with that and the desire to be back together will have waned and actually it starts to feel inconvenient. You know, a regular rhythm of relational contact around a Sunday or a small group loving and serving each other and serving the city now feels a bit like, for some of you it feels quite hard. You know, we've got used to things fitting around us, choosing things in our own time frame and not having to have around us some of the more potentially irritating elements. We've got used to watching worship, to consuming worship. For some of us, we've started to develop or at least give significant attention and increase to some idols you know, of our gardens or cars or houses or home improvements within it or um, our way of life has started to become an idol. And some of that really troubles me, you know, because we really, really, really need each other as the church. Sometimes we can confuse Christian community with friendship. We're called to be in community in the church with people that wouldn't necessarily be our friends. I'm not saying we won't be friends. I'm not saying that we won't make friends and find lifelong friends who walk alongside us and challenge us and encourage us. But we're called to be in community with people that wouldn't necessarily be our friends. It's the leaking of this consumer culture that's so prevalent in this time that presents so many dangers to that. And we've got to counteract it and have countermeasures for it. Therefore, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be backstroking. We will find ourselves at times where actually it lets us down and it disappoints us. We were aiming for the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of comfort. And we really, really need Jesus. 
And sometimes we can confuse that with some of the offerings of the world. We can start to confuse what actually we should be getting directly from Jesus. Now, without a doubt, it is miracle and medicine. But let's not be so focused on the medicine that we forget ultimately who is the healer. I'm not against or trying to downplay the help of counselling or things like that or the medical route. I've, I've had many of them. I've accessed and used many of them. There's no shame in that. But front and centre and the priority should always be Jesus. So often, so often the trappings of, and I actually want to go as far as saying the trappings of the enemy, because I believe it's a part that actually he plays in a role that he has. The trappings of the enemy is that we put Jesus last in line as the one who can help heal, free and restore us. The enemy also goes for relationships. That's what he does. So right now, the lack of connectivity that we have as a church can be causing bombs to be going off and dropping left, right and centre. And yet we're still walking around in civilian clothing. Honestly, we were before, but we really are now. We're at war. Can I just challenge you on this? Don't be sat around on the deck chair waiting for the Titanic to sink. The air raid siren is sounding and blazing. We need to be people of action doing something about this. Your spiritual and emotional life, your growth and your stability depends on you to engage and to up your game, as does that of those around you. I have no doubt that the enemy would love a few of us just to fizzle out to become lukewarm, to be middle of the road, to dilute what we believe and how we live as followers of Jesus. I will give every breath within me to fight for that not to happen, but we have to fight. You know, I found it happen a few times to me. It's currently easier not to fight. It's currently easier to sit behind the COVID bubble. <laughs> Let's not even use the word bubble, but you know what I mean. For many throughout this pandemic, it will have revealed and accelerated some of the strains and tensions that may have already been there, but have now really come to the surface. My encouragement is take them on and take them on head on. Don't sidestep it. Don't try and go round it. Don't bury it. Don't stick it under the carpet. Stick them plainly in the light and the sight of Jesus. Stick them in the light and the sight of Jesus. Honestly, get them before Jesus. What is it for you right now? Are you feeling flat, struggling to relate or interact in groups, struggling um, to, to sleep? Are you needing to control things because everything around you, everything else around you is out of control? Are you developing obsessive behaviours? Are you becoming critical? Are you lacking in grace? Are you becoming judgmental? Are you being sucked into a political irritation? Are you avoiding people? Are you feeling bruised by some of the things or people that you might feel robbed of in this season? You know, nobody saw you or saw your pain or met your need. Are the little things in your life starting to become big things so that numerous big things really add up and, and, and lead you to be having a really stressed and strained time to something that in a previous season would have just been a, um, a real molehill rather than a mountain? Are you finding that you're doing things and feeling things that you didn't before? 
Are you withdrawing from relationship or withdrawing from environments of challenge? Uh, you, you know, you can challenge others, but you'd rather they didn't challenge you. Do, you. do you see what I mean? It could be any of those things. It could be a combination of a few of them. It could be many, many other things. And if I want to say if one of those has just given you a sucker punch of conviction, honestly, I've not aimed that deliberately at you. I don't, I don't work like that. I've just asked the Holy Spirit to guide my thinking as I planned and I thought about this. And if you're annoyed with some of those things that I just said, it's maybe... Maybe, honestly, the Lord's just trying to reveal something. But regardless of however you think or feel about that, or if it's other things I haven't mentioned, stick it before Jesus. Don't stick it before the TV. Don't neglect it and let it brew. Don't find a new outlet or a new thing or a new person to release it on or to unload it onto. Stick it before Jesus. Commit to committing to him and commit to committing to his people. What, what do I mean? What does that look like? Some of you are thinking, like, stick it before Jesus. What do you actually mean? You know, I think it's so easy to find the wrong outlet. But first and foremost, I want to spend myself on Jesus. I want to talk to him before I talk to others. I need to talk to him before I talk to others. I'm not offloading onto others. I'm sharing, partnering and walking with him. And then having others around me to shape me and disciple me. You know, the day a day can't go by that we don't hold up the mirror before ourselves, before Jesus. Am I critical? Am I selfish? Whatever it might be, he's in the business of changing me and I need to allow him to be somebody who is changing me. So to do that, I need to allow him to do that. So I need to therefore regularly place myself in places and spaces and have times where I'm opening myself up before the Holy Spirit to shape me. Am I being honest? Am I being open? Am I being vulnerable? Am I keeping and holding short accounts, being present with people and overflowing with love? I need to regularly ensure that I'm allowing worship to come from a place of overflow in my heart. So if I don't want to worship, or if worship is becoming about me and my needs, I've got a huge big, big red flag waving at me. I need to do something about it because it's not for me and it's not about me. And the Lord desires it and longs for it, so I need to be given it. When did you last pray or have somebody pray with you, for you or over you? Honestly, if we want his presence, we have to seek his presence and to be found in his presence. In a minute, I just want to say over some of that, over the praying stuff, call someone, text someone, say to someone, please pray for me, pray over me. It's been too long, I want to open myself up before the Holy Spirit, pray for me. I need to regularly make sure I'm taking steps of risk and faith, allowing Jesus to be in me, but also to leak out of me into those around me, spending myself on Christ, his church and his cause, allowing his reign and rule to advance in me and through me in my decision-making and in my actions. Does all of that sound easy? Well, it's not. And you know it's not. It's a daily process, but every step further in requires another step further in. Luke 12, 48 says it like this, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required we get we we get given it to give it the more he gives us the more we get to give it and we need to make sure we're giving it especially in a time 
when when the season and the temptation is to pull up the drawbridge to look inwardly and to process selfishly. It, that's higher than ever, and we need to counteract that and have countermeasures for that. Luke 12, 34. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where are we placing our treasure at the minute? Luke 12, 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great pleasure. Sorry, it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom it also gives him great pleasure i believe but he must be in control of every area of our lives your work your play your plans your relationship is the kingdom only you know one of your many concerns is it the kingdom only or is it one of many things in your life is it central to all that you do are you holding back any areas of your life from god's control because as Lord and Creator, He wants to help provide you with what you need, as well as guide how you use what He provides. Does that make sense? He wants to not only help provide what you need, but He also wants to guide how you use what He has and is providing. You know, are we seeking first the kingdom? Or has that got a bit confused and diluted? You know, my, my love of the vineyard has always been the simplicity of it. I just want the presence of God. Honestly, don't lose sight of that. Let's not make this thing more complicated than it need be. Seek first his kingdom, his presence in relationship with others. And that will cause and stir you to fullness and to healing and to finding the full life that I believe we can have in him. How are you doing? How are you doing with all that I've just said? If you feel condemned or that you're failing, honestly, I don't mean it like that. Jesus didn't come to condemn you, but to save you, to heal you and to free you. Right. How's that for an introduction? Right. Just really briefly, I just want to say that we've, we've been in a series that we've been doing. It really ties in, I think, with everything that I've just said so far. But let me just land it with this. If we're going to make a difference to the world around us, we have to lead ourselves closer to Jesus and therefore be people that are led to the lost. We've got to get ourselves in a good place to be able to do that. Today, I just want to simply point you to Jesus. I was going to do a whole talk. I'll save it for next week. But I based it around um, this series around the book of John. If you read, let me just briefly read John 3, verse 22 to 30. You see four things happening in that passage. You see that John the Baptist has a perspective on ministry. He has a pattern in ministry. He has a pleasure in ministry and he has a purpose in ministry. There's so much we could take from those four. Perspective, pattern, pleasure and purpose. Don't panic. I'm not going to start them this week. I'll, I'll share that uh, next week. But let me just briefly share a reflection around that passage and um, what's going on. And we'll pick up the detail of those four things next week. Let's just have a quick read of John 3 from verse 22. It says this. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptising people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptising an Arian um, near Salem because there was plenty of water there and some kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. 
So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is baptising people. And everybody's going to him instead of coming to us. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I'm not the Messiah. I am the one here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. You know, in John 3, we're dropped in the middle of a brewing conflict that really we're going to unpack next week. But these two leaders emerge and people are flocking to both of them, one being John and the other being Jesus. And John's disciples are starting to get a bit frustrated with that. Why is Jesus getting all the attention? Why are people starting to follow Jesus rather than the guy they're following, John? You know, John is he's well known, he's well liked, he's a popular spiritual leader. He's also... If you weren't aware, you, you may pick it up, but he's a bit of a wild man. You know, he, he, he dresses in some crazy clothes, he eats wild things, but he speaks with power. And it's such a trick of the enemy, I think. I'm, I'm seeing it at the minute, where, where something's happening that I think parallels to this passage. John's disciples are criticising others who are seeking to faithfully do God's work. They see the crowds going elsewhere and they get jealous. Have you you ever done that? I'm not part of it. I wasn't invited. I don't... Something to do with because of COVID. You know, my small group isn't like their small group. There's only a few of us, there's more of them. Seeing how others are living or not living and rather than walk alongside and encourage, we feel irritated, we feel annoyed, we feel downtrodden we feel excluded excluded you know envy and division were a problem in the corinthian church 1 corinthians 1 10 says this i appeal to you dear brothers and sisters by the authority of our lord jesus christ to live in harmony with each other let there be no division in the church rather be of one mind united in thought and purpose some members of chloe's household have told me about your quarrels my dear brothers and sisters some of you are saying i'm a follower of paul others are saying i follow apollos or i follow peter or i follow only christ has christ been divided into fractions you know they started to rally in that moment in the Corinthian church, around a person rather than Jesus. Some chose Paul, some Apollos, some Peter, and uh, the really spiritual ones almost looked down through their noses at everyone else. The remedy for their mess and confusion was to focus it back on to Jesus. Jesus needed to be the focus, not their earthly leaders. Hopefully right now, Jesus needs to be our focus not the problems not the challenges not anything else our lives should be about pointing people to jesus that's what john the baptist was about don't look at me look at it if people become misguided if people align that in the wrong way if people come become confused if they point their attention onto someone or someone something else like they did with john point it back to jesus if we miss that We miss it all. If we surrender that, we've lost it all. 
can I honestly just point you back to Jesus today? If it started to consume you, if you become overwhelmed, if you started to become distant, distracted, withdrawing, in pain, carrying hurt, carrying disappointment, carrying frustration of what you've been robbed of or not had, a life stage or a season that you wanted others around you in a certain way and you're now seeing others with that, that they're having it differently to how you had it, can I just point you back to Jesus? Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need if you've given ground if you feel that you've lost ground honestly come back and get back to Jesus today stick it all before him stick it all before him the author and the perfecter of your faith why don't, why don't we just pray I just want a long and cry out for the Lord to minister to you right now in this moment of doing that Father, I just I welcome you. Thank you for your presence. You might want to close your eyes or just still your heart before him now. Some of you, you, you never even made a decision to follow him or respond to him. I just want to say turn from who you are and how you are living and come to him today. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Turn from your sins, repent and walk afresh in relationship with him wait for him now lord come spirit of the living god come upon us individually and collectively as a church that unifies behind you and in you and because of you with you as the head we welcome you i just think for some of you there's been a bubbling tension it's almost like a pressure cooker. It's just been building and building and building. It's bubbling away on the surface. You know that little thing on top of the pressure cooker? I remember that just bubbling away on the surface. Some of you, I think you've got stuck. You, you're dry. You're dry in worship. You're dry in your rhythms and your disciplines and your formation of your spiritual paths. It's just become stagnant. I think some of you have, have, have almost become okay with becoming distant. It's like... I, you know, it's like the, the analogy of the, the frog when it's, well, it's a horrible analogy, but when it's, if, if you put it in hot water, it jump out. If it's boiled slowly, it doesn't even realise. It's like this is just slowly happening. You need a, you need a, you need a snap moment. You need like a, a quick jolt of like, gosh, how, how have I ended up here? Get back. Come back. Don't, don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel shame about it. Just come back. That's what the Lord does. He wants you to come back. He's a father on the lookout for you to return to him. I just pray the Lord ministers to you now. Spirit of the living God, minister to us. We open our hearts and minds. Nothing is hidden before you. Shine light on it. I think some of you are carrying a... Um, or what is it? It's like a it's like a heavy heart for others. You you're just burdened by seeing others struggle. I want to call you into action, to prayer, to petition, to uh, to to action, to step into that place. For some of you, though, I think it's actually that you've been wounded and frustrated and hurt by others. Their lack or their neglect or their failure to offer or deliver what you hoped for, longed for, or, or even needed. Can I say? You feel let down. And it's just caused a, um, a, a subtle bitterness and 
root of irritation to be grown. Don't don't let that be. Don't let it be. That's the bait of Satan. Don't 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 drink the poison. Come come away from that. I, f I think some of you, it's just that hook in your heart that Satan's tried to get. He's the father of lies and he's brought lies. He's brought mistrust and, I don't know, like um, anxiety or, or a peace in separation. We're called to be a body and an army and a family. That's his church that he died for and he's coming back for and he calls you to it. Not half-heartedly, not to sit on the fence and be a spectator and a bystander and just let it trickle by he's called you to the fullness of life and if anything stands in the way of that i would just want to pray that it's broken and bound and released from you now that the, the lord brings freedom that's what he came to do where the spirit of the lord is freedom and who the sun sets free is free indeed he frees you now lord i speak that over you with conviction and truth and the power and the authority that jesus gives us let it be so be free the Lord, I believe, will minister to you in any number of ways, but let's just let him do that now. Remember what I said earlier, let someone pray over you. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect the meeting together, the interacting together. It's what the Father's called us to. The Lord bless you and keep you this coming week. Thank you for joining us. Just let some... Gentle music play now as the Lord ministers to you. Don't, we don't rush this moment. We need these times of the Spirit just brooding and hovering over us. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your faithfulness. Onward, Christian soldier. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.